So in the next slot, we're going to digest some of the things that Daniel's just uh, explained and taught us so well. Thank you, Daniel, for your amazing example and vulnerability. We so appreciate your leadership. Uh, I've personally appreciated your coaching and mentoring over the last few years. So thank you. Um, what we're going to do is digest some of the things that Daniel's been speaking about in our tables, uh, conversing together, and we're going to look at two questions together. Uh, so on your tables, you'll find a card, a white card, uh, with two questions, one at the front, one at the back. Um, so the first question is, what is your experience of discipling others over the last year? And the other question is, what is your experience of being discipled over the last year? And obviously, the life of a healthy disciple will include both. So what we're going to do next is going to have a little example conversation uh, to inspire you and uh, help you to kind of process things together. So I'm going to uh, ask Morris and Emily to uh, talk about these two questions for a moment and uh, um, share their experience, which will hopefully be a bit of an example on how to have conversations around your table. So um, if you could quickly introduce yourself, I know it doesn't need much introduction, Morris, but it'd be helpful for everyone to know who's speaking. Uh, just a couple of seconds about who you are, and then uh, we'll look at these two questions. Okay. Uh, I'm Morris, and uh, <coughs> I'm one of the elders here at Hope Church, uh, Ipswich, and I'm part of the uh, Relational Mission Apostolic Team. That's me. Nice and short. This is good. So, uh, Morris, what is your experience of being discipled over this last year? Um, over this last year, really, it's about um, being with people. It is about just a, a series of relationships that I've developed over the years of um, uh, people that I, I trust, people that I'm inspired by, people whose, exam whose example is... Um, um, you know, something that I, I want to learn from. And I, well, I, to be honest, I think just about every relationship, there's something to learn from. You know, I think there's there's a mutuality in discipleship often, um, which is about everybody that you interact with and spend time with. But, I mean, there are, over the years, a series of relationships that I've, I've developed that I will pursue. And um, I, I will particularly pursue friends within New Frontiers, friends beyond New Frontiers. I'm prepared to drive hundreds of miles to get uh, time with some people that I, you know, I think it will be helpful. Um, context is important for me. I've never been someone for an office, so um, a jazz concert or a cricket match. Cricket match is the best place for discipleship, in my opinion, um, when it's not raining. <laughs> I, went to, uh, <coughs> I went to a cricket match uh, last month with Nigel Worth, who actually discipled me when I was first saved, and John Putman and John Wilfew, and we actually played cricket on the, uh, it was an astonishing experience. That was a, that was a discipling experience, that really was. Um, <coughs> so I feel these are people I can, I, I can trust, I can be um, candid with, I know that they will, you can, t you can always tell the difference between uh, friends who love you and tell you what you want to hear, <laughs> and friends who love you will tell you what uh, you need to hear. There's, uh, I, you can tell that. You know, I think a lot of discipleship, as you move on in your Christian walk, is about your own appetite for that. Is it something you really want? Is it, you know, we're, we're responsible for our own, you know, it's to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And so I think it's something that we have an appetite to pursue. Um, and so you'll pursue those that, that are going to uh, be able to speak and uh, shape you as you move forward. So can you give us maybe one conversation topic that has been important but perhaps a little painful to talk through over this last year uh, with some of the people that have spoken into your life? 
Well, yeah, I mean, we're, we're just uh, approaching sort of quite a transition in, in how we function um, in uh, our life and ministry. So from being very much uh, home-based to uh, Rachel giving up a job and us traveling together much, much more. And that's just been, that's brought an awful lot of collateral uh, issues with it. Uh, Dell's gaining our house, sorting our kids out. Rachel's father's only recently passed away, so sorting her mother out. Um, sorting our finances out, um, distributing our menagerie of pets because uh, we can't take them with us. And uh, all of those things have required a degree of painful processing. And, uh, um, and we've had some blind spots and some things that we've, we've not felt eager or willing to face. And, and friends have been able to walk us through that together. Um, yeah, so that, uh, that's been huge for us because it's affected just about every arena of our life. And to have some people that can... Uh, be honest with us about things that we're being over-precious about or maybe uh, and, you know, not processing in a balanced way. Uh, it's been incredibly helpful. Yeah. So your experience discipling others, um, can you tell us a little bit about your kind of favorite ways of discipling others, some examples of what that looks like in your life? Sure. Um, <coughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a systematic discipler. <laughs> In the sense that, and I'm, and I'm not decrying systems at all, you know, but I, I've never been one for sort of working through a book or a, a program or something. I tend to be intuitive. There are people that I, I see that I, I, I want to spend time with. I will often take the initiative. And having said actually that I think it's our responsibility to take the initiative, I, I'm eager to take the initiative in creating a pace and a rhythm of engaging people. I haven't had, a, I've never, I can't remember the last time I had a church office. Um, decades since I've had a church office. I never, ever meet people in an office if I cannot possibly avoid it. It's normally coffee or beer or cricket or jazz. And uh, that's where my best work is done, okay? And, and um, <coughs> I would, it would be a very intuitive thing. I would be, I think you take a very deep interest in the person. You know, you're not just sort of there trying to go through a checklist of things. Let's make sure we've got, I, you know, I take a, a I, I, I want to help this person, whoever that may be. I take a very deep interest in them. I, I listen to them very, very carefully. I'm tuning in to what they're saying. I'm, I'm reading things in my spirit. And probably the gift of the spirit that I use more than any is, is the word of wisdom. You know, I'm not a particularly uh, bright guy, but God gives, gives me wisdom for situations because uh, I'm asking for that. I want to help this person. I want to bring them forward, see them fulfill their potential. And so, for me, discipling is a very intuitive thing. It's not a sort of a systematized thing. Yeah. Well, I guess there'll be many people around the room that will uh, have had cricket matches with you, have had beers with you, and uh, I think you're such an example when it comes to discipleship. I remember many drives in your little sports car and conversations to be had, so I think uh, a huge credit to uh, the way that you do that. Such an example. Right, Emily, over to you. Maybe you want to quickly introduce uh, who you are, and then uh, we'll ask you the same questions. Cool. Um, my name's Emily. I'm based at City Church Cambridge. I'm married to Simeon, who Daniel mentioned earlier, who's um, the preaching pastor at our church. Um, we have two little children, one who's almost four, Oliver, and Ariana's almost two. So I'm based at home with them. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for coming up and sharing a little bit about your discipleship experience uh, today. So um, uh, around the context of being discipled, what has that looked like for you this last year? Okay, so um, 
a year ago, I didn't feel like I was being discipled. I felt not very happy about this situation. I'd been trying for a while to get into a context where I could be discipled, um, tried a few different kind of discipleship groups, other mums, um, other elders' wives, different things, and um, just didn't really feel like anything was scratching where I was itching. Um, the kind of issues that I was wanting to talk about were parent, you know, sort of not being satisfied with my parenting role, kind of wanting to be able to have influence wider than the home, um, just, I guess, marriage stuff that we just hadn't really found anywhere to talk things through. Um, and also five years ago, my mum um, was killed in a hit and run car accident. And the guy who did it was out on lease from jail and went back to jail for 10 years because of what happened. So over the last five years, I've been through, I'm still going through the grief and working that through. And um, I think, you know, people are there right at the beginning, aren't they? But then five years later, you think, am I just inconvenient? <laughs> is, this, is my grief inconvenient or is there someone who I can talk it through with? And I got to the point where I thought, well, maybe I should go for counselling. Maybe that's what it is. But out of that, I just felt like, well, if that's just because I'm inconvenient, then I feel like I've been let down by the church family. I'd like to have a place in the church family where I feel like there are people who sit with me through that pain and acknowledge it. So that's where I was a year ago. And um, I think even in the desperation to um, want that connection, I almost sort of were pushing people away because I was wanting it. Um, so that was kind of, yeah, most of the last year. And then um, about Christmas time, sort of over Christmas time, um, started sort of I think Matthew and Heather Matthew one of the other elders and his wife Heather I think started to notice that um, maybe they could help um, with the situation um, and sort of good timing with that was that we went on a leaders retreat um, and I'd had a situation that week where a timing thing had happened where I, the same minute that I got a piece of work that I'd done had got accepted and I'd received the thank you very much, you know, ready to go to the printers. That same minute I got another email saying from a different part of the department, different part of the organisation saying, so I'm sorry, we can't place you to do the teaching for this piece of work. Um, and it, that disappointment brought me back to the my PhD being finished three weeks before my mum dying. And I felt in that situation, like, I, that celebration was stolen from me. Um, and so I went into this leader's retreat really angry. Um, and I didn't re I'd only just realised that there was a connection. But Andy Martin, who was speaking at the weekend, um, had a prophetic word, which I then responded to. And then we talked through this, and he worked back to the situation. And um, I think, really, that was God's timing. Um, to say, I actually know about your situation and I care about it. Um, but also, the way that he prayed with me, I think even last gathering, which was you know, not that long after this had happened, Carl Maidment was saying about how people were crying with them for their pain. And that's what he did. He cried with me as I told him the story. He gave me a huge hug. And he, I just felt like in that moment, he was my dad in a way that I'd not been fathered, um, not experienced that. And it did two things. It made me say to God, if you're like that, I want to know you better. <laughs> That's a really good place to be. But it also was really painful because I was like, this guy is not part of my life. <laughs> he lives in Birmingham. He's got his own churches. But God, I want somebody like this in my life. <laughs> I don't want this to be a one-hit wonder. I want this to be daily life. Um, and we 
just, so Matthew and Heather had just started to say to us, well, you know, maybe we should get together a bit more often. And then the day before the last gathering, we'd had such a significant time with them where they literally were like, we want to be friends with you. We will love you. We want you to know that we are there for you and we're going to pray for you. And if they hadn't said it so forcefully, I don't think I'd have believed them. But we've been meeting with them every three weeks or so. We've had a lunch date. They even had us over to their house for a sleepover at Easter, which was just fun for our kids to play together and just chill out with them. So now I feel hopeful. Now I feel like there's a place where all of that stuff that was hidden that I didn't feel like I could talk about, either because I was ashamed of it or because I didn't think anybody wanted to listen um, or could cope with the amount of it, I feel like now there's a place where I can bring that stuff out. And so, yeah, it's not all out in the open yet, but it's we're working through it and I've got a context. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for being so open and vulnerable. Amazing. Yeah. Right. Well, um, pause it there. So uh, now we're going to go over into uh, the groups to have a conversation together. So uh, first of all, for uh, all the internal processes, we're going to give you a little bit of time to uh, prepare yourself for the conversation to come. Um, so for the external processes, it's probably not going to give you any advantage, but at least you'll be able to refine your conversation a little bit. Um, so you've got the card on your table and the question on either side. And uh, we're going to give you five minutes just to kind of think about this question yourself and uh, write Write some notes down uh, of what comes up as you're process processing this. And then after that, we're going to uh, have a conversation uh, following that. And I'll give you some more instructions in five minutes. All right. Over to you.